Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis. And this is the show that the Lord has presented to you this year. And this is the first show of our new year, so I want to thank you for tuning in once again here. I pray I got out to a little best, oh, but that's okay, though. We're going to do the best we can with what we have here. Let's call in numbers 310-982-4126. You two can call in and be a part of this show here also. Amen. We pray that you enjoyed our musical selection this morning here. I kind of stepped away from the mic, and I didn't realize that it was on auto. It was on automatic, so I was, I was, oh man, you know. But things happen like that. But that because things happen do not define your relationship with God and with society and your relationship with man. I remember how in the book of Luke it says Jesus was a child, but he done things that was. That was a uh, uh, that was associated with God, and he was at the temple, and his parents came uh, uh, looking for him because uh, they were in Jerusalem for uh, one of this, uh, one of the uh, special days. Uh, they were in Jerusalem, and it's the family got ready to go back to their hometown. Jesus was left behind there, unwarrantly by the parents, and they went back and they searched the city high and low, and they found the child Jesus sitting at the feet of uh, uh, the. Uh, 
of the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious instructors. He was sitting there. He was telling them what does says the Lord, and they were astounded, astounded at the teaching of this young man that was so full of grace and wisdom. And his parents, they came and they saw him, and a few moments later, they pulled him to the side and said, son, we've been looking for you. Don't you know that we're on our way back and you need to come with us? And he said, father, he said, mother, well, you should know where I was. I'm here at my father's house. I'm at my father's house. Have you been to your father's house? Have you been to your father? Have you spent some time with God? And they, and then Jesus said, "Well, nevertheless, I'm going home. I'm going back to you." And the scripture said that he grew in favor and stature with God and man. Upon this here year, the new year of 2020, I want you to grow in favor and stature with God and with man. I want you to have all the favor that our all-knowing, all-powerful God have in store for you. I want you to be a helper one to another. I want you to help change a life. You know I had to get that in. That's our program that help change a life in Jesus' name. You're listening to another great show of Free on the Inside Ministry, a ministry to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. We don't take those things lightly because it's Christ that set this up. It's God that ordained this. It's been led by the Holy Spirit. And so I encourage you, I encourage you to put your hands to the fly. I encourage you to go out and make a difference. I, I want to give our kudos to all our volunteers for last year. We had a great time last year with doing the Christmas season and doing the uh, Thanksgiving uh, time. And just throughout the year where we did the street ministry, we did the juvenile ministry, and we did the jail ministry, and and, and so forth and so on. So we want to thank God for that opportunity. And down at Dallas Life Foundation, I failed to mention that. We also do a, a, a mentoring session with our men down at the Dallas Life Foundation. And that's a great ministry that we definitely need some help. So if you're interested in being a part of, of what we're doing at Free on the Inside Ministry, please reach out to me. Give me a call. That number is 310. I'm sorry, that, that's the station. Now, that number is 214. 505-6526. Please reach out to me and say, brother, I would like to be a part of what you're doing. And guess what? We have work for you to do. Amen. And God has work for you to do. So please come on board there. But um, at calling numbers 3109-24126, you two could call in and be a part of this show here and voice your opinion. Um, I wanted to talk to you about some, uh, my alley last uh Last week, over at the uh, at the at the jail, I went down to the jail and with a, a Bible study and worship service, and we had a great time down there. And I met a young man that was incarcerated, and he was uh, he was uh, seeking the face of God. And he, it, 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 I'm saying he's seeking the face of God because when you're in that type of environment, you feel like that you're estranged from God. You feel like that God can't reach you there. But I assure them that even though they may be in jail and may be incarcerated, God is right there. God is nearer to him than he can ever imagine. Now that God lives inside of him, that God wants to be a part of what he's doing from here on out. And uh, and I've had we had a very uh, uh, good conversation there, and he was telling me about 
how he uh, was over at the uh, at one of the dorms. They they designate as the guard part. It's all the men that that profess to be Christians are living uh, the uh, life that God has ordained for them, and they study in the Bible and they're making a commitment of faith that they're gonna do the right thing. Whether they in jail or out of out jail, where they trying to get housing, they trying to get job placement or whatever it may be, but they're gonna do it up under the umbrella and the auspices of the Holy Spirit. And he said he was a part of that at uh, at wing, and something happens that he had to leave out of there uh, by no means of his own. It's just overpopulation of paperwork or something that he told me. But I said, hey, God, don't make no mistakes. You know, I'm glad that you're still seeking God's face. You came out to Bible study slash worship service. And so, you you know, you're still having a, a, uh, a desire to know more of God. And it so happened that we were studying John, the 17th chapter. John the seventeenth chapter, and that's called, and, that, and that's referred to in some commentary as the Lord's Prayer, and also in some of them as a highly priest priestly prayer, where Jesus is our high priest. And that John the seventeenth chapter, the first portion of that chapter, is that Jesus was praying for himself, and he was saying, "Father, I I glorify uh, your name here on earth." And I told him all about you. Now, I'm getting ready to go back to the Father. I want you to glorify me as you did at the beginning. He knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. He said, I want to redeem those times that we had together. And I want you to know, and this goes for me too, that we want to always redeem our time with our Lord and Savior. Yes, last year was good. Yes, last year was a blessing. But I also want more Jesus this year. I want to redeem them times that we had with him because life is a little flaky. Life is unsure. You up today, you down tomorrow. But I want to hold on to God's unchanging hand. I always want God to be a part of what I'm doing. I want to be a part of what he's doing. And Jesus said, Father, I told them everything that you had told me to tell them, that they may believe that I'm in you and you're in me. He said, I told him everything. Have you read the Holy Writ? Have you heard the thing concerning our Lord and Savior? How he said he came from God and how he's going back to God. And how God gave him all power on heaven and in earth. And how he used that power to glorify the Father. In John, the ninth chapter, there was a man there that was blind. And his disciples brought this man over here. And he said, well, and he told this man, what you're going through, it was for the glory It was for the glory of God. And he did something unusual. He spit on the ground and made some pace and touched that man's eye. And not only did he touch him, he sent him. I got to think a little touch from Jesus would make everything all right. He was telling them that what I done was to, the glory, to glorify the Father, which is in heaven. Are you doing something? Are you doing things to glorify the Father in heaven? You know, you have to make that personal. Can't nobody tell you if you're doing that things right or not, if you're doing it right. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. He'll let you know if you're on the right track. But Jesus was, you know, we're talking about John in the 17th chapter. And Jesus was telling them that, hey, I was doing no more than what the Father told me to do. And I've done it to the best of my ability. Well, Father, I ask you to keep them, watch over them, bless them, 
sanctify them. Yes, I'm praying for them. And Jesus turned around and he, after he prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples. He said, Father, I pray for all those that heard my voice that came unto me. I'm praying that all those, dear Lord, by no means will be snatched out of my hands. I'm praying, dear Lord, that you continue to watch over them, you strengthen them, and you encourage them. I'm praying that everything's going to be all right. Oh, man, those are words of comfort right there. Because sometimes I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm, I'm kind of overly concerned about situations and things. I don't know how tomorrow going to be. I don't know what the, this day have in store for me. But I'm, I'm looking up to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of my faith. And the scripture said, for the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross despite the shame. And now, on my behalf, he sits at the right hand of God. On my behalf, on this old sinful man, this old slowful man, this old doubtful man that seen how God had worked in his life and strengthened him up, and God is sitting in there interceding on my behalf. He's my attorney. He's my way maker. He justified me when I don't deserve these things because he loved me so that he came to see about me. He said, I'm praying for those disciples, all those that you gave me. In John 17 chapter, I'm praying that you let nothing hurt them, let no hurt, harm, and danger fall upon them, and you protect them from the evil one. I got to think that I was telling the brothers in jail, I said, man, you know, God loves you so much that he put you in a place like this. Yes, you may be here several times, but God is trying to get your attention. Maybe this time it'll work. Maybe this time you can see God's hand at work in your life. Maybe you can hear God's voice. Telling you peace be still Telling you I love you Telling you I will never put no more on you That you can bear I'm not telling you nothing you ain't never heard before I just want you to know that the word is the same Yes it's there forevermore That same word that kept you in In 2019 Go seal you in 2020 And gonna exhaust you in 2020 It gonna sanctify you in 2020 If you let that word resonate in your soul if you take it to heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And the disciples were just men like ourselves. They had like passion, a passion that wanted to know more about Christ Jesus. Remember Peter? Peter was doubtful. Peter was fearful. Peter was unsure about some things, but God used him mightily. And John used him mightily. To the point that after Jesus had a, a resurrection and went to be with the Father, he, he told them, prior to him going to go out and, and, and tell somebody about Jesus, tell a dying world about Jesus. Put a strip here, he said, Go ye down forth and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and lo, I'll be with you always. And they took that to heart. Why? Because Jesus had prayed for them, he prayed for their message, he prayed for them to be sanctified. He prayed for their safety. He prayed for their assurance. And they got up and they moved in that in that sphere. They moved on that prayer. They moved in that power. I encourage our men that once you go and, and, and make the profession of faith and, and God uh, has someone to pray for you, move in that prayer. 
I'm saying move in that power. Don't just sit on it and say he prayed that I'm going to be sanctified and saved, but I'm just going to sit here and wait till it happens. No, you need to move on that. Just like a good artist, it don't do any good to have a blank canvas. You got to put some art. You got to put something on that canvas just like a builder. It don't do you any good to look over the landscape and say, hey, this will make a great uh uh, this is a great property to build on. You got to start getting the materials. You got to move on those things there. You got to have that vision. Without a vision of people perish. You got to have that vision. And that vision comes from God. Because God started this and God's going to finish it. And so you have to be assured that you're not in this by yourself. Again, that calling number is 310. Nine eight two forty one twenty six. Please call that number if you get a chance to voice your opinion. And you'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside Ministry. And so we have our co-host on the line here this morning. We're going to bring him in this morning. And, but I did want you. Well, we'll get back to you with John the seventeenth chapter. That's another part of that where he prayed for believers. That's where you and I come in at. Aren't you glad our Lord and Savior prayed for us? And then the next voice you'll hear will be Mr. Daniel. Good morning, now, Mr. Daniel. You're on the net. Good morning, Reverend Lewis. How are you doing? It's New Year. I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you. First show of the year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. I was sharing with our listening audience about the book of John. I was over to the jail the other day, and we was talking about that. That's how uh, Jesus is our uh, uh, priestly, our, our, our priestly prayer. By Jesus there And you know And how he was praying for himself And he prayed for the disciples And he prayed for our believers Man that's awesome man Amen Amen And a lot of people don't understand that uh, That's power in prayer Not only One person prays But the Bible tells you That when there's one or two I am in the midst of you, so that means that you don't have to worry about being around a lot of people and a lot of folks and a lot of, you know, just to thank you, thank God don't hear your prayer. He can be around you. If you go by yourself inside your private place, God hears from you. You can be riding in your car, and all of a sudden you just pray, Lord, pray to God, pray to God. He hears, you know, he hears. He hear you, he hear you. Yeah, he hear you. But you know, that's the thing yeah. about it. If some people don't talk to God at all, they don't pray to God. Like, it's a lot of people don't believe in God. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. don't believe in God. And, and you, you know, know and I, don't you, know what, I don't know yeah, why this is a movement for this year. A movement. But the scriptures also say that. You're going to be a falling away. But I'm not yeah. one of that. <laughs> you know, but I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Yeah, I believe. And, and you know, uh, and, you know, brother, you have to believe in the good times and the bad times. You got to believe with all your heart and all your soul. You got to believe even when things come up against you, things that are uncomfortable, things that are scary, things that are lock you to the, your very uh, knees. You got to believe. And I'm saying your knees are your foundation. The the things that'll drop you to your knees and you just want to cry and, and fold up in a knot. And that's when you know you need to start reach out to God and you say, God, I need you. I need your undying faith. I need your love. And you know you said some things, brother Daniel. 
Yeah. And you know, I, I was over at the jail. Uh, I was at the jail the other day, and I was telling the uh, the inmates about uh, about how this is a new year, and that same guard that kept them. I'm just telling you stuff that great for me that that you are familiar with. That same mm-hmm. guard that kept you and I last year would keep us this year, and he would do great things in our life if we allow him to. And he wants to work in our lives. He wants to uh, ignite that Holy Spirit that dwells in each and every one of us. But we also have to want to be ignited. I can give you money and tell you, uh, 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 you know, take care of yourself. But if you don't value that money, you don't value what I'm saying, it won't do you any good. I could buy you a mansion, and you'll leave that mansion to go stay on the streets because you're comfortable on the streets there. That same thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us, but if we don't want to receive that Holy Spirit, it doesn't do us any good. If we're not using it in the right way, it's not. It won't do us any good. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, we see that a lot from uh, a lot of people on the street. I know that uh, sometimes you can give them stuff and give them places to stay or whatever, but they said they want to go back and be on, be around the streets, you know, no matter. You can give them nice clothes sometimes, but seem like they were rejected. And, but if you look at it, uh, Reverend Lewis, that's the spirit that we're battling. Uh, the spirit, basically, it gets inside a person and it mostly it, it, it rules them. It rules them. It has to be talked to. It has to be told. Basically, they're going to have to admit to themselves they don't want to live that way and tell that spirit to leave me. Leave me. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And that you know, flee. But you got to have that, that that strength on the inside of you to t- basically tell that, that thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. To leave me and never, I mean, I'm, I don't say that it might come back, not come back. I can't really say that. But if you give in to old things, seem like they seem to want to come back. You want to think about new things. You know, new things. Your mind will be renewed. You have to renew your mind. And so, uh, you know, we we, we fight out against of uh, things, the spiritual things in, in high places. And those spirits we are fighting in these in 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 the people are are strong and they're and they're really in numbers and they're in numbers and legions and numbers of them. And they are real hard to for you to uh to try to tell to you to leave this person because he don't want to leave. He's comfortable there. You know what I'm saying? The people are comfortable in their Living conditions They're comfortable They were all around all their friends People they really grew up with You know And I, I tell you the good thing That's some of the things you see a lot of persons You know a person been in the jail Most of the time they've been locked up For about 10 years or 20 years What's the first thing they do Revolution, When they get out They won't yeah, go around yeah, they go back the to old surroundings. Old, old surroundings Old friends you know, and on top of the old friends, most of them been out if they haven't been incarcerated. 
Most of them be around in the old surroundings on the streets for 10 years, 15 years. He on top of other folks. He around more people that they're uncomfortable with. So you look around, you see another but a bunch of unhappy people thinking that they're happy being around these old conditions from year to year to year. You know, and I know it's true. I know this is where we grew up. You know, some of the same people we used to know, but they're still alive right now. They're still around these same conditions, trying to walk around in circles. You know, it's time for that to, you know, it's time for it to end, but maybe they don't see the end. You know, they don't see the end. Some people get happy. And leave it. Some people thought had to step in and do it for them because number one, people have been praying for them, you know. And Brother Lewis, don't you know sometimes the prayers that me and your mom and your other kin people have prayed for you and haven't gone nowhere. These prayers are still floating around in the atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? These prayers are still floating around. It's still in effect. They have to be, a, they have to be, you know, settled around. But the same thing they pray for you is going around. It's going to be put into effect. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear. You. And you know, brother, Daniel, and you saying something there uh, that those prayers that they that they've been. Uh, 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 those prayers, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put it like that. Those prayers that have been rendered on our behalf, they still affect you today. I see what you say. They still around. That same prayer that Grandmama prayed for you will use a young, a young yeah. son, uh, yo, keep my son, you know, watch over my son. Don't let her hurt. Those prayers are still in effect. They still have that same power today. I see what you're saying. They still around. Yeah. That uh, that spirit of of protection. That spirit of, uh, of guardianship, that spirit of leading and guiding you is, is still active today through the Holy Spirit. So I agree with you in some sense that those prayers are still effective today. I uh, thank God for because, because in God, because in God there is no there is no past and there is no future. The, uh, Jesus said, "I am the Alpha and the Omega." They say, I mean, He is the first and the last. With God, time has no limitations. You know what I'm saying? He is everywhere. He's everywhere. He's, he's in the bad past. He's in the future. So, so, yeah. So, so, what has been prayed for you? Like you say, with your grandmama and your, your other people, they pray for you. These prayers are still, you know. You know, there's a lot of uh, fears inside the earth, up in the sky. I can't call all of them. Oh, yeah, a lot of... Y'all know what atmosphere is one of Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and the sound travels. You know, the, the speed, is, you know, everything has is, is been said. Everything has been done. You know, uh, I think they tell me that yeah, yeah. trying to get to another planet might take 35 years, Reverend Lewis. <laughs> Let's look at that. So if you go right now and you go to a planet and you inside, a, if they ever make space travel, you know, uh, in effect, 
you know, there has to be a way for them to really to try to have us to preserve ourselves or something, you know, to keep from getting old because it takes that long, you know, for you get from point A to point B. All those minutes, you know, I don't know how you call them in space, miles up in space, you know, in order to try to reach another plateau. I don't know why I'm talking about this today. I've been... I've been I've been looking at this movie they got out now about Star Wars and I'm thinking, you know, they just won't give up on thinking about that, you know, going and traveling around in space and stuff. I, I don't you know we we might not even see it in our lifetime, you know what I'm saying, Rev Lewis, but uh, I I know that most of everything that really has been dreamed up or planned most of the time it came in effect. They're like, you know, think we'd be talking right now on a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, somebody had that invention in mind and it's perfected. You know? Yeah. And, and you, you, you know, Ricky, we get into another decade. And I was just thinking, man, my wife was talking about all the stuff that has been uh, invented or brought to our attention over the last 10 years. And you were saying the cell phone, the tablets. You know, tablets is you know are less than ten years old, man. They didn't have no yeah. tablets in and you know in twenty ten. They didn't have no tablets and the, and the iPhone was just a concept, you know. That you remember the BlackBerry they had those phones and we had the flip phones and things. But a lot of stuff came up in in uh, between uh ten and uh twenty. And so you know this decade brought some change, but yet things still remains the same. And the change is so subtle, though, Ricky, that we don't even notice that change. And that's where sin is in our life. Sin is so subtle that we don't recognize that change that it is in our life, where you end up losing your joy, your happiness, and your peace, and your sanity. You know, it's a subtle, it's a subtle takeover of your, of your faculties, of your spirit. And so, and that's why you say that uh, when people, they, they are living a life, uh, that they become accustomed to. It's hard for them to break out of that situation. It's hard for them to uh, to live a normal life. And a lot of it, Ricky, because I deal with a lot of people, that one of the things, and not all of it, is they fearful. They fearful of making mistakes. If I lay here in this here in this uh, way of life, I'm not. It's not too much expected from me. I'm not a I'm not a, a, accountable for anything, so I don't have to make no mistakes. But if I get a job and if I get responsibilities, uh, I, I might not be able to meet that uh, that task that's been uh, that I'm up for. And people are looking for me to be successful. And if I mess this thing up, they're gonna you know take very uh, a low. They have low opinions of me. You know you you, you ever talk about that? Some people they they scared of being successful. Yeah, yeah. I think it's when Reed. I had a, I had a friend. In fact, I got a, I got a, a kin person in my family. And um, like you said, we used to give him clothes and give him a place to stay, but he didn't want that. He'd rather be out there on the street. And he said, and number one, the main excuse he said, and man, I don't know what, what's going to happen to me if I change. <laughs> you know. Yeah. How I'm adopted to yeah, change that. You know? Man. But, but while I'm saying hey, before, you know, that's a spirit, Brother Lewis, that's in that gets in. But you know what I'm saying? The Bible says yeah. 
God don't give you the spirit of fear. And really, that's one so of the main. True. That's so true. That's one of the main. That's one of the main things. If you read in Revelation, that will send you to hell. To hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you look at it. Why would I go to go to hell for being fear? Yeah. So fear must blocks a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Fear. I'm, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I put it like that. I, I'm scared. And I'm scared. How you ever going to do something if you're going to be scared? You know what I'm saying? I'm scared to go outside. Yeah. I'm scared to go look for a job. I'm scared to change clothes. I'm changing. You know what I'm saying? Some of you say, I'm scared to take a bow. <laughs> if I get clean, people going to talk about me. They're going to say something wrong with me. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's so yeah, cool. I, that's and what that's I look at. I mean, you put the hell on the head. Guys out here, man, they smell so bad, Reverend Lewis, man. You won't even want to let them man inside your car. You can't let them inside, man. I mean, I mean, I I, I know I know. God said he was this guy was locked up, and when they locked up, you know they got this room where they spray this stuff on. And when they kill oh, yeah, lights, yeah, yeah, they on. do spray. I, I, Honestly, yeah, they do have that, Rick, and they got to replace what they do. Uh, they make you take a shower. First thing they do is make your face get a shower. They don't too much spray you down anymore, but they do make you change clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know, you have a lot of stuff that's attached to you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then to be fearful. You see, this guy, they just start hollering. Oh! Oh, Holler ain't crazy, man. <laughs> you know, they don't want, they don't they want did, to change. Because they wouldn't let them change clothes. They didn't have no clothes yeah. for them, so they had to spray them down to kill anything that was on them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I understand yeah. that. But, Brother Daniel, I got to thinking, you know, I do a, a mentoring downtown Dallas, and I, I mentor these guys that's getting ready to uh, get out. You know, I pick them up as a mentor, and they're about ready to graduate. And I try to, you know, encourage them and support them and, and kind of lead it, lead them in the direction in which they should go. Along with other people, I'm not the only one. And one thing I noticed that when our men get ready to get out, man, and the women's too, they start getting a little bit nervous. They start having doubts so they're able to manage their life on the outside because they live in a cocoon, so to speak, where they're having food provided for them. They have a, a roof over their head, and men are telling them, hey, do this, do this, do this. And now they're going to lose all those things. Are they in charge of those things now? They can do what they want to do, go to bed when they want to, stay up as long as they want to. Uh, they don't have any uh, particular regiment of studying that they have, have to do. No you have to have a job. No, I call it restriction. Yeah. And then Everybody they don't have to worry about what they do. Yeah. You know? They have to yeah. worry about food on a regular basis. You know, they got to worry about go buy grocery for a week. Now they know that food is going to be provided for them every day because they have to shelter. And those guys, Ricky, those guys and those girls, sometimes they get a little, they get a little antsy and they get a little uh, 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 concerned about if they can make it. And I, I, I equate it to a childbirth. When a woman first gets pregnant, now, she's happy, she's glowing, she's joyful, but as the process goes on, several months, her feet start swelling, her face starts swelling, the clothes that she used to wear, she can't wear anymore, and when she sits down, she's uncomfortable, and the different foods that she ate, ate at one time, it was a joy, and now she hollered, it just don't taste right, give me something else, or it ain't fixed right, or uh, this thing just start getting on her nerves, and the closer she gets close to 
a bird that child. And in our life, Ricky, and check this out. In our life, when we get close to being successful, things start getting a little unsure, getting uh, getting uh, 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 getting uh, testy. When we start getting close to uh, graduation, a uh, job promotion, a uh, recognition, we start saying, "Am I worth this? Can I live up to the obligations? Can I really be successful?" Mhm. Yeah, I happened to be when I was you in know. high school. But, you know, I got ready to uh, graduate, man. I started getting kind of scared, man. I started thinking, man, what am I do when I get out of school? Do I really want to go to school? Do I really want to go out just far off and go to college and you know just you know leave my comfort zone? I put it like that's the word I've been wanting to say all day. They don't want to leave that comfort zone. Comfort zone. You know, I'm comfortable. Yeah. You know, I don't want to leave my comfort zone. You know. And, and you and know, so, sometimes Ricky, the guys will do things to sabotage they they success. They go out and have a relapse, so they'll do something to break the rules. Or sometimes they just yeah. quit going to the, uh, just quit the, the center, or just yeah. drop out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think so, I should put. Uh, yeah, and that's what I mean. I put a picture like that one time. You remember this picture called Shawshank? Shawshank. Yes. Well, this guy, that guy, man, he said, "I don't know what do I do when I leave." He went and hung himself because he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't uh, comfortable in people not telling him what to do every day. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing too. They get uncomfortable, man, when somebody tells you how to get up, when to go to the bathroom, when to wake up, when to eat, how fast to walk, what clothes to put on every day. You know, you know they, this. That's why they institutionalize. That's another word too. They institutionalize. They get out. You've been, you know, told to do everything every day. I don't know how or how I am to act, you know. And I really don't see why they sit up and all the time they let them, they let them get to be like that. But this, your mind is a special thing. It's like a computer, you know. God was smart, man, that He invented us to have a brain that stores information, just like a computer. You know, and, uh, and I really and think you know, that, uh, you know, you know. Oh, go, go, go! What are you gonna say? I got to think about when people are living on the street like that. You know, can you imagine they being desocialized? They not used to being in society no more. They so they being desocialized. So when they get in the midst of people that wants to bring them back into society, they have a challenge with that. Because they've been living like that so long that they don't lost that connection, so they're not sociable anymore. They desocialize, so it's a process mm-hmm. that we have to do in order to help our brothers and our sisters to kind of get back into the mainstream of things. Giving them stuff is 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 what we want to do, but we have to give them more than just stuff, man. We have to change, get them yeah. uh, the principles of living. We have to get them Christ Jesus. That's why I say help change the life. Yes, I can give you clothes and food and, and, and stuff that way. I want your life to be changed. I want you to be able to get a job. I want you to be able to be successful. I want you to be able to go back to your family. You know, that's what Jesus does. When Jesus healed some people, yeah. at one time they were, hey, remember the man that was in the uh, that was living in the uh, 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 in the tomb 
living uh, amongst the dead people. He was vexed with the yeah. spirit, and the spirit with legions. And Jesus yeah. cast them out. They went into the swine and cast. They were living in the tomb, and he was desocialized. People in the city did not want him there because he had a, a vexed spirit. He was homeless. He was a drug addict. You know what I'm saying? Those things there, I'm just using those things that we're familiar with. Those things, they desocialize us. And once Jesus had touched that man and cast the demons out of him, and he said, let me go with you. He said, no, go back to your people and tell them how good God's been. Mm. Sometimes we need mm. to tell people, hey, man, let people know that God has changed your life. You, mm. Now, you, you will be socialized because of your living condition. Now, you are sociable because of what God has done. Amen. You know, that's the biggest problem. What to look that word up, man? What, what is it that's, uh, that a word that's, that applies to what we talk about? De-socialize. De-socialize. I mean, D means uh, before. That uh, means with. Without. Without. Socialization. Without social ability. Well, without social ability, without process, without... Uh, uh, I would say uh, accountability. Having accountability. You know, yeah, I see you took up the yeah. Mhm. So you know, a lot of people don't like to be accountable sometimes. You know, just some people say yeah. anything. You know, and they don't want to live up. You know, that's another thing I was looking at. I was, I was when I was a uh, last week. I was there over at the the nursing home over there, and um. Uh, one of the main things we were talking about how in life we're going toward uh, 2020. We're in 2020 now, and one of the main things that people make now they make all these resolutions that I'm gonna start drinking, uh-huh. I'm gonna stop smoking, and I'm gonna lose weight, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. But then by two or three weeks later, basically they're back on the same track they was on at first. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a comfortability for a lot of things and what you say. Because a lot of people, they just do things because other people are doing them too. We are creatures of a condition. You know, we all say the things that we want to be seen. We're the same thing. But then again, you look up another year. They are making the same resolution. You know what I'm saying? The Bible tells you to watch what comes out of your mouth. Because I, you, one day, you might have to eat them. And so a lot of things people saying, you know, just don't say it. Just look, just do it. You know, um, you, know what, you know what I'm saying, Reverend? We all want to be looked at and seen and written up and be on TMZ and all this kind of stuff and on all kinds of platforms on the Internet. They were telling me, that how Facebook basically when it came into existence and how long how long Facebook been around? About ten or fifteen, twelve years now, You think? Yeah, probably so I'd have lost track. Yeah, but Facebook is mostly like a plateau where everybody mostly put vent. You know, some people tell their whole Life story or all their business on the air and whatever going on with them, they put it on Facebook. And so what I'm saying, like Facebook is almost like a a, a, a digital psychology. You know what I'm saying? 
it, it, it you go and instead of you paying a hundred dollars or two hundred fifty dollars an hour to talk to a person, you talk to Facebook. And you and you know what I'm saying? And then somebody writes you back, either it's gonna be a negative comment or it's gonna be a a positive comment for you. But basically <laughs> you, you you know, you putting on here on you're talking about whatever happened, you're telling all your business on the on the on the Facebook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know, brother, I, I thought about that, and you write about that because we all are subject to do that. If I go do stuff, I want everybody to know what I'm doing. But there's ways of doing stuff like that. And you say the right guy, and they, they don't too much write dislikes anymore. Uh, uh, coming, making the coming, they put either like or don't like. You know, we we make right, our right. acceptance on how many likes. Oh, I, I only got how one. How many like. people like me? I didn't get no likes. Then nobody yeah. like me. You get one. You, know, you get one or two likes, then you. <laughs> But if you get a hundred thousand, like, oh, they love it, I do. But you get one like, that's how people rate you. <laughs> yeah, I saw everybody uh, looking for. That, I saw a movie huh. about that. I saw I saw a movie like that one time. Where it was a little short series about uh, the internet era and people don't on a on a site like Facebook, and you would rate it to in society about your life. And people, and based on how you live your life, your likes could go up and down. And if you went to a negative number of likes, a low number, they said, well, we're going to have to uh, limit your excess because people don't like you. But if you keep your numbers up, they keep you on there because you would accept it. But if you drop below 500, and this one character on that was trying to keep her numbers up. And people said she would do everything in the world to get her numbers up. She called her friends. You see my post? Please post something about me in it. Yeah. And that's what society is yeah. man. People, yeah. if you don't like your people likes it, people, that's a man. That I, I'm not going to like you if you don't like me. And I'm going to like everybody. And that's how people get their number. They talk friending everybody. And, Ricky, some friends, people don't need to be friendly. Some people got some crazy stuff on their sites, man. Sometimes God put up a, yeah. a barrel and take that certain person out. Uh, that's another thing I was telling somebody. I was talking about how. Facebook basically it has almost destroyed marriages. Sometimes it makes people alive miserable because God has taken that special person or that certain person out of your life for a reason. He put up those blocks and and and, and put that person outside of your life because that person basically probably wasn't good for you. So he put up this EQ one. Well, I ain't seen him. I ain't seen him. I ain't seen him in about 10 years. I ain't seen him in 20 years. Well, you know, you might well go on being going out doing drugs with that person. So God don't want you to be around that person that you were weak for. You know what I'm saying? So God basically yeah, put and that. So now, here you go getting on Facebook and you going out making a search looking for what God is taking out of your life. You know? And then, and then God yeah. gonna keep on doing it because He did it to help you. But then He said, "I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't you know, you're trying to do, you do, you do what God, undo what God did." You know, I put it like that. And basically, that's where I see it. And ever since it's been invented, it's been like it, 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 it's, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff is going on. You know, and and in our life as we see it now, you know, what I'm saying like I say that I call it a digital psychology. <laughs> You know, you vent out. I'm writing out. Well, I've got a big show today, and then and nobody liked me because they didn't give me no likes. They didn't like my show. Whoa, 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 whoa to me. You know, so what? And, 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 you, and you know, and that's our Christian life. 
because we want to be accepted. If we go places and people don't accept us, then we figure we ain't going to do this no more. But I encourage you everybody to keep going whether like you get the likes or not. What? Yeah. Everybody, everybody ain't going to like what, what you, you do. Everybody ain't going to like yeah. the kind of shoes you got on. Everybody ain't going to like the kind of clothes you got on. You know what I'm saying? You can go sit in the yeah. mirror for three hours fixing yourself up. And then when you go out, somebody said, mm, man, look around. Your belt ain't hooked up right, man. Or, or look at that. You love your <laughs> pillow. You ain't got your makeup on. Why, why are you doing your hair like that? You know what I'm saying? You got to yeah. make yourself happy before you make somebody yeah. else happy. Hey, so, yeah, you yeah. have to, man. And that's what about and that's what it is about our Christian walk, Ricky. That's why we're saying being free on the inside. I talk to men and women, you do too, that have been held hostage by past experience, by lifestyle, and by people, man. You know, people that hold you hostage because you didn't live quite right or you don't live up to their standard, man. That was that freedom coming mm-hmm. You know, yeah. being free on the inside, man, now the, I'm free to live the life that God chose for me to do. He chose your life and he chose one for me. My path is maybe Amen. different than yours, but we're on the same path that we're walking for the Lord. We're on the same path. I have that freedom mm-hmm. to, to to be shy, to be timid. I have that freedom to not be able to speak boldly when I, uh, at certain times. I have that freedom to misquote scriptures because God ain't going to hold me hostage for not knowing the scripture. He's going to be holding me hostage for how I interact with the scripture. Oh, I'm glad. Hey, Reverend Lewis, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Don't you know, sometimes people rate people by well, how much scripture you know and do you, you're not, a, you're not moved, getting moved in God. Your, your direction in God is not being right because you've been in church a year yeah. and you don't know, and you don't know script, a lot of scriptures you can't remember. God ain't, God, you're not working in God right. You know what I'm saying? You know. Everybody moves in I know. I learned that from being in school around kids. You know, everybody learned at these different paces. Oh, uh, you know, you can't really call yeah. a person retarded or a special needs person because everybody learns at their own pace. I was looking around. One guy, I seen this guy. He supposed to be retarded. Oh, uh, it's special needs now uh, in school. Now I looked up. He got a nice job. I thought he supposed to have been a slow learner. But as the years passed through, eventually his mind caught up with what he wanted to do. You know? But at that time when he you was know, high school, he was, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, Brother Dad, you, you were saying, I, I remember when we were going to school and we had the guy that we called nerds. They were bookworms. They would always do something. Yeah. And the guy would be in the computer class and learn how to type. And now these guys are CEOs and computer programmers. And, and they making a ton of money. And they got a lifestyle that's, that's out of this world. And they live normal. And we look at them, we used to laugh at them. Man, what you doing sitting there and learn how to type? Little did we know that they needed them typing skills. Now we, we don't type right. We use it one finger. They can use all 10 of their digits. You know? <laughs> and, how, you know and, and how they learn to read. And how they write it and stuff. So, so you have to take it for, you just can't count, count nobody out because they not where you are, where you think that they ought to be. Because little do you know that same person that you, that you uh, ostracize to be the one that help you, the one that'll pray for you, the one that'll heal you, the one that'll go and carry you. And really, that's my, that's my move for this year, 2020. Never underestimate a weaker person or a person that's up under you. Never on the yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
because they still have purpose in life. That purpose that you, you see. I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret, Brother Daniel. We all, uh, none of us are ever going to get to where we want to be on this side of heaven. Even when you lay yeah. on your deathbed, you're going to say, is there something else I could do? How do I look? There's always something we can do. Life brings about always wants to challenge yourself and always want to meet other people's standards. So as long as we live in, we're going to fall short. Like you said, yeah. we're clothes. Some people, you know, they, they do their hair. You don't like their hair, but you say, hey, that's the way they like it. If you like it, baby, I like it. I don't like them shows you wear them clothes. Uh, sometimes I might tell you to change, but if that's what you like, that's what you like. Food. Uh-huh. It's certain food I don't eat. Yeah. It's certain food I don't yeah. eat, man. My wife loves to eat it. And guess what? Because she eat it don't mean that I don't respect her. We go to places uh, that she like, but I find me something on that menu I like, but I'm not going to fuss about it every time I go out. Oh, we always because got to you know, like No, I know how. Yeah, and that's the way life is. And when people ought to be about your Christian walk, they ought to accept you the way you are and help you grow into that that way of life. If you if you feel like that you're above them, you feel like you have to offer them. Like really really. I put it like this: Don't you know that uh, Jesus is what basically we pull the pattern ourselves after. And when yeah. Jesus came around, uh, Peter and John and Bartholomew and all the rest of them, don't you know, out of all those uh, different apostles and stuff that he was surrounded by, don't you know all of them had different traits and had different problems? You know, Peter was a cusser. He cussed a lot. He always disagreed with what Jesus said. Well, he, he always asked him, well, we got to do this for him, Master. Well, he told him to drop the net in the water. He said, "Why? Why? I've been out there all day." <laughs> well, I'm gonna do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he he always was gonna question what Jesus said. You know, but then at the same time, what if Jesus would have said, "Well, man, I don't like you because you questioning me. Uh, you don't agree with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Get away from around me." Jesus worked with him, right? He worked with all of them, he sure all of them people. I'm telling you, one big secret to it, too. Don't you know he knew what Judas was going to do to him? Yeah. Don't you know that? And he still what did he tell, yeah, what, he what, what did he tell him, Judas? He still allowed him to come around. He, he still let him eat with him. Then when he got through eating, tell him, go on, do what yeah. you got to do, brother. You know what I'm saying? Go on, go on, got to go do what you got to do to me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And Ricky, I wonder, I wonder how many people will we let be around us and we know that we they, they didn't care for us? How many people are we still dealing with that we know that they don't believe in our ministry? How many people we believe with that they don't believe in our prayer? You know, it takes a it takes a, a person that's sold out for God to say, hey, I know you don't like my prayer, but I'm going to pray anyway. I know you don't like my take on the gospel, I'm going to speak it anyway. It takes boldness to do those things because God is who we are to please, man. Yeah, what I'm saying it's Jesus that we living for. It's Jesus who we want to yeah. uh, uh, pattern ourselves. Ain't it? it ain't no big time evangelist. We I want to be the greatest evangelist. I want to be just like Pastor So and So. I want to be like Apostle this and Apostle that and Bishop this and Bishop that. It's supposed to be Jesus. Jesus that you pattern yourself after, because a human's gonna let you down. Men will let you down. You know what I'm saying? They go behind your back and talk about you. 
You know what I'm saying? Some of them, they, you know, so they're true. Yeah, man. I don't see. I don't think you're ready right now, brother. <laughs> you gonna tell the man? I want. Uh, you know, I want to be a preacher. Well, I don't think you're ready right now. Huh? <laughs> you know that. You know all right, hey, Reverend Lewis. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I got boldness brother. in me, man. I know. I know a soul out thing. What I'm saying, <laughs> I might not be supposed to be saying, but then again, some things have to be laid out on the table. You know what I'm saying? We're living yeah, in a do. new decade now, and a lot of people going around falling behind people, but they don't want to question what's going on. I know one man that led a whole lot of people down in the country and told them to drink the Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And, that and they knew this man. I know somewhere along around the way, they, got them, they, they knew they knew that Reverend Homeboy Jones, you know, Jones, was slipping some kind of way. They had to really, somebody, but then again, they got involved in it too far. You know, the main yeah. thing I know when we're yeah. down in that country down there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, hey brother yeah. Daniel. Brother Daniel, I need to, I need, we need to re- uh, get ready to get on out of here. I want to say something else regarding what we talked about earlier. And I would like for you to close us out in prayer if you have a desire to. Is that okay? Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, I'm gonna say wait. I'm gonna say a few words regarding hey, 17 chapter of John here. As Jesus prayed for the believers, He said, "Father, I'm praying for all those that came unto Me. I'm praying for their strength, their wisdom. I'm praying for the message that You give. Dear Lord, each and every one of us have a message. Now, this is what John, the 17th chapter. We all have a message of a life that we live prior to You and a life that we live after You, Lord. But that message is still the same: that God is able. How You took us from a life of sin, God. And you brought us into a relationship with you. That's the prayer that God play, uh, prayed for us, that our believer message be of, uh, uh, be believed and be affected to those that hear it because it's, it's it's a message of our Lord and Savior, what he's done for us. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to this program. Uh, and we talked about John, the 17th chapter. Uh, God bless you. Brother Daniel's going to close us out in the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, right now I ask as we go before you, I ask you to forgive us for everything we've done yesterday. Forgive us for everything that we do today. Cleanse our lives. Help let us be able to to do to, to get your glory from you, from what we do in life, Lord Jesus. As we go out and embark in the year twenty twenty, I ask you to cover Cover us, Lord. Prepare us for some of the things that's going to happen in life, in this world, in this city, in this country. I ask you to protect everybody. Protect us from the flu viruses. Protect us from cancer. Protect us from any kind of illness, Lord Jesus. Let the scientists be able to invent things to heal. We ask for healing for the year 2020. We ask for Comfortability. We ask for harmony in life, in the world. So right now we ask God to pour out your blessings on the people that need it on the streets of Dallas. Let them be able to conform themselves. Let them be able to find you, Jesus. So in the mighty name of Jesus, you are the Alpha and the Omega. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Hey man, go hey, on, listen hey. to that brother Daniel. We'll be listening. You'll be listening to another episode of Free on the Inside. With your host, Mr. Lewis, and, and uh, Deacon Daniel uh, was uh, your host today. And we want you to know that God is able. I want you to be mindful of John the 17th chapter. Jesus as our high priest. He already went before God on our behalf. He's that mediator, and he's standing in the gap for each and every one of us. So all things are accomplished in the name of Jesus. We're looking forward to you being with us once again at the appointed time, at the 8 o'clock hour to 9. Looking forward to us doing great things on this program in the upcoming year. And remember, glory be to God. And his son Jesus for all what he had done for each and every one of us. Again, this is Field Inside Ministry. God bless you. Enjoy the balance of your day. In Jesus' name, amen. And be free on the inside.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.